Before we dive in, I want to let you know that my pediatric food allergy course, Fear to Freedom, is officially open for enrollment right now on emilynolan.com. One more thing before I jump in, I'm a mama, not a doctor. So the information provided in this podcast is for general informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment by a qualified medical professional. Any questions you may have concerning the diagnosis or treatment of a medical condition should be directed to your doctor or another qualified healthcare provider. You know, look, I mean, I say that parents shouldn't have to be a chemist. They should just be able to trust the product. But at that time, and even still today, there's a lot of greenwashing that goes on. Our son has always had sensitive skin, like me. And from the very beginning of his life, we have been using skin barriers like lotions and diaper creams, not knowing how important it would be when his food and environmental allergy diagnosis would come at seven months old. I remember posting a video on Instagram of our son, Ollie, eating in his high chair. We use the baby-led weaning method, which encourages children to feed themselves with their own hands. In the video, Ollie had awful rashes all down his forearms where his skin had been touching the food. My girlfriend wrote to me and mentioned that the rashes could be a sign of his food allergies. And of course, I denied it. Not him. He's fine. Just sensitive skin. I followed everything by the book. At the time, there was little research available proving that the ratio of allergen exposure on the skin versus the gut may contribute to developing an allergic reaction an immune response to particular allergens when ingested, meaning if the child's skin without a healthy skin barrier like lotion, etc., is exposed to the allergen before the gut is introduced to it, the child may have a higher risk of developing an elevated immune response to that particular allergen. This episode's topic is a vital piece of the puzzle to supporting our child's healthy, developing immune system and overall safety, which is our ultimate goal. Ideally, we want our ducklings to go off into the world where peanuts, tree nuts, dairy, pollen, etc. lurks and be safe around them because they're routinely educated on how to protect themselves. And hopefully this podcast episode can educate others who don't have experience with food allergies on how they can also practice allergy inclusion. Many of us know at least one person who has severe allergies. After the early introduction of several allergens during the baby-led weaning process, which was followed by Ollie's full-body hives and anaphylaxis to some allergens, our son was diagnosed with food allergies. With the gut-wrenching diagnosis that I denied, I eventually came around to accepting it and acknowledged that the only thing that would lower my anxiety and fear of the allergen exposure is educating myself over and over again on the topic and how to respond to an emergency. I poured myself into researching the quickly developing topic of immunology, of which I don't claim to be a medical expert in, and found that dry skin is one of the six Ds that can lower a child's immunity, and adding a skin barrier can improve our child's developing immune systems. To familiarize you all with the six Ds that support a child's developing immune system, they are dry skin, dirt, diet, dogs, vitamin D, and detergents. On this episode of Brave Talks, I've asked the founder of California Baby, Jessica Iklasoy, to come on and talk about establishing healthy skin barrier habits, 
Over 20 years ago, Jessica created California Baby when she couldn't find any safe and plant-based skincare products for her newborn. She went to her local library and researched how she could make something better for her sweet baby boy. Her mission ever since has been to connect with families by bringing them the most innovative, purest, and safest skincare available today. Jessica, welcome to the show. Talk to us about creating healthy skin barriers. Why is it so important, especially for children with developing immune systems? Well, I mean, we know that um, children's skin is thinner than adults. uh, So chemicals and toxins are absorbed more quickly and readily. And, And also kids, you know, they just have more exposure, you know, as you know, you're out, they're outside, they're playing, they might have cuts, they might have scrapes, they're coming into contact contact with a lot more than we are as adults. Our skin is is such an incredible organ. You know, it covers our body and it 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 does absorb things, but it also does an incredible job of keeping things out, right? So we're not absorbing everything that we come into contact or that with otherwise we'd be gigantic blobs. You know, once you start stripping it, you know, with harsh detergents or cleansers and you're you're removing all of the protective barriers, you're basically leaving yourself open and your child open to whatever may be around. And um, so it, it's really important to, to maintain that balance. When you had your first son, what did you learn about skincare routines and why was it so important to you at the time? Well, when I had my first son, it was all new to me. So my, you know, this California baby is, um, we're going on 26 years being in business, you know, had my son, you know, 30 years ago. And so this was really before any of us understood all of this. You know, we didn't know about natural. We didn't know about organic. We, we really kind of knew about allergens. You know, it was still fairly new to most parents. And so, When I had my son, I was shopping at a health food store, so I was using all natural products, products that I thought were all natural on him. But then one day I was at the library and I happened to pick up a chemical dictionary and I took it home and I compared it to the natural shampoo that I was using on my son and the conventional shampoo that I received as a baby shower gift. And I saw that the ingredients were identical. The only thing that was different uh, was the marketing. So I saw um, carcinogens, uh, and the fact that they were listed as carcinogens was just shocking, you know, and, and allergens. And it was primarily the cleanser, the synthetic fragrances, and preservatives. I was alarmed and I was outraged that these were products that were being marketed to our children. And I was applying them faithfully, you know, day and night. And then I was like, oh my God, am I poisoning my child by putting these carcinogens on them, these known carcinogens? So that took me on a journey to find alternatives because when I would talk about this to people, they really didn't seem to care. It just, it was like, oh, you know, shampoo, it's a baby shampoo. It's really not a big deal, but it was a big deal to me. And the deeper I researched into these ingredients, the more alarming it became. So for instance, the sulfates that are the cleanser and basically in everything. So now you'll see no sulfates. You know, they may replace it with another ingredient that is equally as damaging, but it doesn't have the name sulfates. So that's something, you know, we might want to talk about. But those those are really the bubblers 
the foamers in the product. And what they do is they are degreasers. So the, the funny thing is, is that I, I found that the sulfates and betanes, they were developed by the Navy to degrease their engine parts. And then they found commercial applications, you know, so very much in the same way as like fluoride, you know, it's like, okay, here's this ingredient. What do we do with it now? Oh, let's put it in your toothpaste. And, you know, sulfates are in toothpaste as well. So their purpose is to degrease, defat, and they do a very good job of that. But, you know, when you put that on your skin and you're defatting your skin, you know, that we have a, a lipid layer, you know, kind of a, a fat layer that lives on top of our skin, which works as a protectant. Um, now, basically, you're stripping off your first layer of defense and you're doing it over and over and over again. So the body has to constantly try to readjust. You know, the body will always try to do that, but you're putting it at a deficit. And then you couple that with a known endocrine disruptor of synthetic fragrances. We don't know what's in synthetic fragrances because they are one of the only ingredients that are considered a trade secret. So uh, companies do not have to disclose what's in the fragrance, but there could be up to you know a thousand different ingredients. Many times preservatives are hidden in there, again, because they don't have to disclose what's in there. Skin penetrators um, are in, you know, can be in there. So, so here you've exposed your skin and now you're, you're, you're putting, um, you know, ingredients that can, can penetrate into your skin that are known um, hormone disruptors and known carcinogens. So that that took me on the journey of creating California Baby because that was enough for me to be very, very outraged. I took three years of research and development and I found alternatives, you know, so um, a cleanser, um, which is a totally different class of cleanser. It's called a glucoside. Uh, the molecule size is too large to be absorbed by the skin. It doesn't defat in that way, you know, that a sulfate or that class of um, cleansers does. And then I replaced, either we did zero, no fragrance, or scented it, our products, with pure essential oils that we test for pesticide residue because you know, look, I mean, I say that parents shouldn't have to be a chemist. They should just be able to trust the product. But, you know, at that time, and even still today, there's a lot of greenwashing that goes on. And so even if something says French lavender, it can contain a synthetic booster um, because French lavender is very expensive. And so companies will, they will cut them with synthetics. And unless you're testing and looking for that, you really have no idea if it's in there or not. And many companies themselves don't know that they're in there. So, so there's, you know, a host of issues with skincare. I'm glad to say there's more awareness, but at the same time, it hasn't gone away. We haven't solved that problem. I mean, we've solved it with California Baby because that that's been my life's mission um, to provide safe products for our children and our families, especially those who have allergies or are immune compromised. And they really, that class of customer really requires a very clean product. You kind of answered my next question because I'm curious on what we should avoid and what we should look for. I want to go back to what you said about you know, there could be a thousand things in there when they talk about a fragrance. And when you read a food label and you see 
let's say it's an, a non-organic product. In a non-organic product and you're reading the ingredient label and it says natural flavors, there could be as many things in that natural flavors line as you could wildly imagine. I mean, there could be like horse hoof in there for all you know. Like, I love your philosophy on food and I follow you just personally and we have a lot of similarities, you know, eat as close to the source as possible as often as you can and, you know, try to not eat anything out of a box, like really simple things. I know that's not always the case for moms on the go. And, you know, I gave Ollie a Fig Newton bar on the way to the school today because it's the only way I could get him in the car on the way to school. But, you know, we do the best we can. But the natural flavors thing is it's like, wow, you know, the same thing that's going on in the food industry is going on in the beauty industry and skincare. It's like, you can just put all this crap under one thing on the ingredient list and then trick all these parents into thinking your product is safe and good enough for their kid. That Then you're like causing more harm than good by using this product. You know, you'd probably be better off just using coconut oil or something like one ingredient. I think a lot of parents don't realize that. They think, okay, I buy this for my child, but then I go ahead and use, you know, the conventional products that I normally use. And there is an opportunity for cross-contamination there. Yeah. He'll get out of the bath and like we'll snuggle in bed and we'll be warm with our skin against each other. And I should be using the same thing he's using. Like this is crazy that, you know, I was looking at, at this lotion that had like seven different allergens in it. And I'm like, why am I ever touching him with all this stuff? And why do I need all this stuff anyway? Why can't I just have like really simple, high quality ingredients? Yeah, I just am curious, like, what do I look for in my girlfriend's bathroom? What are like the huge red flags of to be like, hey, you need to get this out and, and like, this is not the type of product that we should be putting on your kid. What do I look for? And then what should I look for in terms of good stuff? You know, I, I say like the first eight years of California Baby, I was a demo girl. So I was the gal who was standing at the end of the aisle talking to moms. Typically, there were moms in the grocery store, in the health food store, and educating them on, on the ingredients, right? And so my philosophy, and I never, ever wanted to scare a parent because my attitude is we're already scared enough. You know, I, you know, I'm a parent and, you know, it's not hard to make, you know, to scare me, you know, to say, oh my God, are you, you're using this on your child and it's going to, you know, create so many problems. I started a company based on, you know, my, my outrage. So I just felt that if I educated you, and I said, hey, let's look at the ingredients and in, in, in just, just take it off the shelf in the health food store because I was, you know, marketing in health food stores. I was shopping in health food stores. And let's look at the ingredients. And you see sodium lauryl sulfate. You see cocoa betaine. Do you know what that is? Okay, you don't know what that is. Let me explain to you what that is. You know, this one is a, a defatter. De this one is here. This ingredient is here for bubbling. That's really its only purpose is to provide a lot of bubbling. And I would just kind of go down the list. And then I would go through California baby products, uh, the ingredient list, and I'd say, okay, this is why this is different. Um, I have created an alternative to this. I wasn't out to scare parents. I was out to educate them. And I felt like if the parent was educated, they were going to make the right choice for themselves. All parents want their children to be healthy. That was my approach. And the way I want parents to, to, to be able to evaluate because, you know, yes, if they buy California baby, 
they have a certain amount of assur- assurance. But let's say, for instance, you're in a place where you, where it's not available. How do you evaluate the shampoo that you're going to buy or the uh, the lotion or the skincare that you're going to buy for your child? So there are red flags, right? Just like you were saying about food. Um, you know, if there's natural flavors, that's a huge red flag. Um, same thing in skincare. If there's um, a fragrance, if it just says fragrance and it's not listing pure essential oil, that's a huge red flag because, again, I mean, I always believe that parents shouldn't really have to know this, but we live in a world where we do have to know this now. We do have to evaluate. And, you know, you were talking about food, and I always say if it comes in a package, it's not food, it's a product because I, I'm a manufacturer. We actually manufacture our own products. So I understand that it has to be shelf stable. It has to go through distribution and, and that's for skincare. But skincare is very similar to food. Um, so, you know, food probably even, even worse, right? So I have to take into, con- uh, into consideration that, you know, that lotion may be sitting in somebody's car that might get up to a hundred and something degrees and it might heat up. And, you know, so we're, and manu- food manufacturers take that into consideration as well. Products have to be functional. They have to be stable. They have to provide all the things that the consumer wants. And so, most manufacturers are are formulating to your senses, right? They're formulate, they're marketing, they're they're marketing companies. You know, I say, you know, at California Baby, we really are environmentalists first, you know, and we're and we're health advocates. Um, we are not marketers. We we educate on our product, and you make the choice of whether you want to purchase that or not. Most companies don't make their own product. So they don't have control. They can't make decisions. They're either having their products made um, by a contract manufacturer that really has to standardize the formula. So um, I remember when I first started California Baby and I was looking for um, a company to make it at a larger scale, they wanted me to just buy their off-the-shelf formula, and then I could put my label. So their thing was like, okay, you can put your label, change your fragrance, that's all you can change. Because And now, as a manufacturer, I understand that because they have limitations on what they can do. And I think this is why we're different at California Baby. We only make our own products, right? So we can do things that most companies would never do because it's too time-consuming. Like, for instance like this extensive water filtration system, it would be cool if you could come down and see kind of behind the scenes, you know? So we we filter our water and then we purify the water with UV and then we also uh, pasteurize our water. And no company would do that because um, the pasteurization itself adds two hours to our process, right? So you, pasteurization means you take, you heat the water up to 150 degrees Fahrenheit, you hold it there for 30 minutes, killing any bacteria that might be there. And because the water really is the dirtiest process, right? Because water, water is the perfect medium for bacteria to grow. So at California Baby, what we do is we start with very clean water, we test our raw materials to make sure that they don't have bacteria. So it it has to meet a certain spec. So we're starting with a very clean 
space. So then our preservative system, we don't have to douse it with preservatives. The thing is that people don't understand in the United States is that shampoos, lotions, creams are considered cosmetics. They do not have any regulations behind them. There is no regulation that says a company even has to, a worker has to even wash their hands before they start making this product. Okay. Now, OTC, over-the-counter drugs, that is FDA regulated, and that is a very good regulation. Eczema products are OTC. So if you don't see drug facts on the back of a product that claims eczema, they are lying or they don't even know the regulation. You know, you don't want to deal with a company like that. Um, you cannot make a claim unless it's it's an OTC product. Diaper rash cream is an OTC product. Again, you'll see the drug facts on the back. SPF is an OTC product. Now, what does that mean? It means that it has, the, the active ingredient has been tested. You know, it's been made uh, repeatable. It is what it says that the label says. And it's very, you're very regulated on what you can say. You So you can't say these outrageous claims. It will cure your eczema. No, it will help to. It's a skin barrier. This is what it, you know, what the eczema products do. So it's, there's really truth in labeling when you have an OTC product, but when you have a cosmetic product, this is when you start getting lots of claims. So I would say, number one, if your child has eczema, make sure that there's a drug facts box there because then it's being regulated. The product may even have bacteria in it. You, would prob- you wouldn't even know it. Sometimes you get irritation and it's, it's because there's bacteria in there and that is what's causing irritation to the skin. So I say, number one, make sure you're, you, you, you know the company that you're buying from. Certain companies have no standards and certain companies have very high standards and they're going to apply that standard across the board. So number one, it's just like for, for instance, I, I shop. Um, exclusively at a farmer's market. I know my farmers. Some of them I've even been to their farm. So I know their practices. I trust their practices and I will only buy from them. So it's kind of the same thing in skincare. Why would you hop around in skincare when, you know, can you really trust that company? You know, and it's, it's really, unless all you really care about is the label and the marketing message that they're sending to you. That, that's, that's a different story. If you'd like to try the California Baby product, I've linked a 10% off your first purchase discount in the show notes of this episode on emilynolan.com. I love Seed's PDS-08 Pediatric Daily Symbiotic, and you probably already know that if you're following me on social media. I mix it with my son's daily multivitamin every morning in a beautiful espresso cup when I can to show him that self-care is a beautiful daily ritual. Also, because it contains the dual-phase prebiotic made of short and long-chain carbohydrates, it does take an extra moment to dissolve. This easy-to-use and sustainably packaged symbiotic, meaning it's a two-in-one probiotic and prebiotic powder is formulated for benefits in and beyond the gut. It's the first children's symbiotic with nine probiotic strains clinically studied in a pediatric population for benefits across digestive, respiratory, and dermatological health. The pediatric daily symbiotic also supports easy, frequent poops, 
which happens to be my son's favorite topic. PDSO8 even bridges the fiber gap with five grams of fiber per serving. It's a meaningful complement to a healthy diet. Also, it's reassuring to know that the product is free from sugar, artificial colors, flavors, flow agents, binders, preservatives, and if you're listening to this podcast, and likely most important to you, free of 14 classes of allergens. Seed is offering my listeners a 20% code towards your first month. Just head to seed.com backslash Emily Nolan and use the code EMILYN20 to get 20% off your first month today. I am going back to the point that you made about thinking about having a product, right? Anything in a packaging is a product, not necessarily food, and leaving it in a car at 145 degrees and that every company selling a product, whether it's food or skincare, takes that into account. And I think about how powerful just that illustration is when we think about what we consume. I believe that like an absolutist perspective on life is hard to do. Like you're never going to be perfect, right? But we can do better and we can educate ourselves. And like you were saying previous, that we can't be ignorant anymore. We have to know this stuff and we have to be smart consumers. And as a food allergy mom, In the very beginning, I felt very ignorant, maybe because I was in denial, but I also was like, my pediatrician should know this stuff, so I'm just going to delegate all of this responsibility, and my allergist should know this, so they'll, you know, and we've been to nine different allergists. It's amazing to think that I still feel like my son's biggest advocate, and like, not that I know more. Oh, you probably do know more. You probably do know more because they only know one thing. They know their specialty. And now you know everybody else's specialty. So you actually, I mean, I I had that experience too because I was going around. So I actually had more knowledge than, you know, certain doctors because they only know their specialty, but they, they don't, you ask them to talk about herbs or you ask them to talk about vitamins or you ask them to talk about food as medicine. Well, they don't know that because they didn't, they weren't taught that in medical school and the pharmaceutical companies don't teach them that. Oh yeah. Our first pediatrician actually told us not to introduce the allergens. Why am I even introducing allergens? Why am I not giving them food out of the jar with the number on it? And I was like, not even a hundred years ago, families never gave baby food. You know, they just gave food that you made. There was one meal on the table and that was it. And that's what I say to parents, just steam it and smash it and give it to them. You know, that's really all you need to do. I think that one of the big takeaways from our conversation is that, you know, the mamas listening to this are the mamas that are putting in the work that have realized that it does take education to be confident, to be prepared, to, you know, be able to say, I know what I need. I know what to ask for. I know what we want to eat, how we want to, you know, protect ourselves. And that's empowering. I think that's wonderful. That's empowering. It shouldn't be a burden. It should just be, you know, you have more tools in your toolbox now. And once you educate yourself, I feel like you can stop being um, constantly defined by, you know, things that you lack or your um, diagnosis, like food allergies. You know, like I live under this like fear of food allergies. Well, it's always going to be a thing, you know, unless like you can grow out of it or go through immunotherapies, which we're in right now. 
but you don't have to be defined by that when you're educated and prepared, right? Like you can be defined by your character strengths and be who you're meant to be. The diagnosis and the other things are just like, they're just like any other person, right? Like we're not defined by them. They're just a piece of the puzzle. And you can be interested in cars or building or, you know, skincare or whatever it is and not have to be so like your identity so tied to that one thing. Well, and as you said, well, you gave your child a Fig Newton today. And so so that's great because you did it consciously, right? You did it. I mean, I, 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 you know, I eat, I'm not perfect in my diet either, but when I do it, I do it consciously. I'm like, okay, hey, I'm going to eat some French fries and I love them. Or I'm going to have this packaged food, you know, which actually I rarely eat any packaged food, I have to say. I don't even eat like chips anymore. You know what I mean? Because I just, the problem with me now is because I, I do manufacture and I, <laughs> I know that that product has been manufactured and I know, you know, and I'm just, it, it kind of turns me off. So I'm like, yeah, you know, if I want to have chips, like maybe I can, I can make it myself, you know, it takes longer, but, but if you're doing it consciously, I think that's the thing is that when we're being fooled or we're being marketed to, and we're, you know, we're being unconscious about it. That's, I think where the problem comes in. Let's hit the important points here. So what is really the best skincare routine for a mama of a child from like zero to four? What do they need? Yeah. So I think the number one uh, takeaway is that your child doesn't have to be bathed every single day. Every other day, every few days, once a week is fine too. There's something that I do that I think uh, moms can do with their kids. And you actually can clean yourself with all coconut oil. So sometimes, you know, if, if I don't have any makeup on or I don't have any sunscreen on, I will just put coconut oil all over my face and I'll just kind of take... Um, a washcloth and rub that off. And so it's doing two things, you know, it's like can, you know, can clean like, so the oils can take off the oils, but then it's also rehydrating. So that is an option. Um, and, you know, maybe taking baths, but not um, hot baths. Maybe you can put a little bubble bath in there. So, you know, you're going to get the cleansing action anyway. Um, but then make sure that you're moisturizing. And I and I also, it, I know it's hard to moisturize little ones because they're wiggly. Um, and and I believe me, I went through all of this. I had two boys, so I know. And, and the funny thing is, is like it, California baby bubble baths have a bubble blower in there because as a bribe to get my son to take a, so that was actually solving my own problem um, because my son uh, didn't want to take a bath. So I was like, oh, but we can blow bubbles in the bathtub. I created this spray called soothing and healing spray as a moisturizer because I could not get lotion on my son. And I told him the only way this will work is if you jump on the bed. And so, of course, <laughs> you know, now I was moisturizing him like crazy, right? So, oh, that's so, so good. Um, but, you know, so try to moisturize and you can do it just with plain oil. You could do it with plain coconut oil. You can do it with even olive oil, you know, a very high quality olive oil because olive oils have their own issues um, in terms of being doctored, you know, and, um, but try to do that right out of the bath um, or, you know, and then um, I think really that and sunscreen is very important. Um, I do not believe you need sunscreen 
constantly year round only because you do need vitamin D. So you do need to make those decisions. Um, if I had a young child right now, um, I would let them kind of run around naked in the summertime um, before 12 o'clock just to kind of get that overall vitamin D. And then if they're going to be at the park or they're going to be at school and they're going to be in or at the water and they're going to be under intense sun exposure, then then definitely use sunscreen. But I, I do think that um, you definitely want the skin skin to breathe. And, and you know, I, I've read studies and I've read books about like UV light is we we are we do need that. So we don't we don't want to go extreme. And that would that's the other thing I would say to parents is you don't need to go extreme, especially if eczema, let's say their eczema is present. Don't throw the kitchen sink at it. Sometimes doing nothing is better than doing something. But, you know, just a simple cleansing and and moisturizing. And don't scrub too hard. You know, if you get, we sell these, um, they call them uh, wool sea sponge. You know, the sea sponge that are very soft and it soaks up and then you don't use a lot. You don't need a lot of um, cleanser on there. And then the child can do it themselves. So, um, you know, just the basics. And then if you have issues, then you can treat it you know, spot treat it. Kids do have issues. They have dry patches. They have, you know, baby acne. They have eczema, of course. They have food allergies. So I would say try to try to limit it and keep it simple. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for your time and being such a great role model for all of us mamas and just to focus on education and leading with, you know, purpose and passion and not necessarily, you know, you're, you have a very successful company, but you know, your whole goal and your business started from trying to solve this problem and you're solving it for so many of us. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you very much. I mean, our customers are, are, our teachers, you know, so when, when we removed, um, gluten, soy, oat, dairy, you know, um, all tree nuts. I mean, we use coconut oil, um, because you got to use something and we use canola oil because most people, um, are not, they don't have a reaction to that and coconut oil, although the FDA classifies that as a tree nut, it, it technically isn't. And most people are not, um, allergic to that. But but that came from our customers, you know, from people like you. And so the feedback, you know, from from moms, you know, we want to hear it because we want to help solve the issues that that you're dealing with. Great. And how can the listeners buy your products? So the best place for them to buy our products is online. It comes directly from our factory in Los Angeles, California. Um, we have spent the last uh, five years optimizing our website. So it's super mobile friendly. We added a subscription program. So I think that's number one. Or if you have a local, you know, we have kind of gone back to to our roots, uh, mom and pop shops and, and health food stores, because we did grow and we went through like the big box and all of that. But we really pulled back because we felt like we lost touch with our customer, people like you, people like your, you know, your audience. And we wanted to hear from them. So we said, you know what, let's pull back, you know, let's let's and you've got the Internet. So, you know, we can communicate directly. So I would say, you know, it's CaliforniaBaby.com. We send out newsletters uh, for, you know, discounts and promotions and education. So sign up for the newsletter for sure. And um, of course, social media, you know, keeps you keeps you up to date. But I would say our website is the number one place to find California Baby. Wonderful. So thank you so much again. And I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure talking to you and, you know, best of luck. And I know you're going to figure it out. 
Thanks for listening today. If you're not ready to get started with Fear to Freedom, my pediatric food allergy course, I do have a pediatric food allergy essentials resource with a ton, I mean a ton of incredible resources to get you started on your food allergy journey and healing your child with food allergies. You can download that right now on emilynolan.com and get started. If there's anything in this episode that resonated with you or led you to take action, I'd love for you to share it with me on social as well as any other friends and family that have children with food allergies or newborn children who may not have food allergies, but you know, may have the possibility to prevent it with this information. Remember to rate and review this podcast. It's a great way to give other parents of food allergy children some much needed hope and encouragement. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I am so so grateful for all of your voices and support and love. And I'm just sending you all a great big hug. 